Amen. Here we go again. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Christ Jesus is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? And we saw the context of this, that being in the faith, and if you're going to examine yourself as to whether you're in the faith, test yourself. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 and 21, tells you to check yourself out to see whether you're in contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. And he goes on in verse 21, lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many that have sinned and have not repented of uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness, which they have practiced. And then in chapter 13, verse 2, he talks about those who have sinned before. And so we know that when you get to verse 5, and he says, examine yourself as to whether you're in the faith, in the faith means you're not practicing these things that he's talking about and that you've repented of your sin. If you have, or if you are in any of those sins, you repent. Amen. And of course, there's other vice lists that we could refer to. This is just one of them. You know, Paul talks about, let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse, Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Now you notice that the three of them that he mentioned over here, uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness are in this list in Galatians chapter 5. Well, Paul didn't give you the whole list. He's just telling you, and, and watch how he puts it here. This is very important. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. And you notice again, the jealousies, the contentions, the outburst of wrath, selfish ambition. These are all things he, he talked about in verse 20, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, this is not a complete list. He's just given a list of stuff that displeases God, that's against God's holy moral commandments. And then he says, of which I tell you beforehand... Just as I also told you in time past that those that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, I don't have time to get into all of that, but I will at some point. I'll share with you what that means. Because people think that they can participate in Christ Jesus and still practice sin. Well, you can't. There's no way. This is why he says, he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 13.5, Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Christ Jesus is in you? unless indeed you are disqualified. What will disqualify you from having the presence of the Lord inside you? What will disqualify you? Well, he gave you the, 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 this list of all this stuff. If you haven't repented of it, if you continue in these sins, it will disqualify you from having Jesus Christ in you. Now, I didn't write that. Paul wrote that. And he calls it here that if you practice those things, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, I'll go back and, and, and study this some more at a later date, because there's more that needs to be said here, because people have some strange, strange ideas. <laughs> Amen. All right, go, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me give you another, another list. This is important. This is really important. Amen. Verse 8. No, you yourselves, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know? Now see, 
he's talking to Christians, brethren. And he says, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And such were some of you. Okay, let me, let me go back. Verse 8, verse 9, excuse me. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. So don't get into deception about this. Neither fornicators or idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves. And you might say, what's the difference between a homosexual and a sodomite? Well, I suggest you go to the New English Translation Bible and look up their notes. Uh, they're free online or, or get a copy of their Bible. It's, it's very interesting to understand this. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. You can't, don't be deceived. Don't think that you're going to inherit the kingdom of God and be practicing this stuff because it's not going to work. This is what Paul's saying. Amen. This is not what Dan Rodriguez said. This is what Paul said. Now, let's go back to Acts chapter 24 and remind ourselves that here it talks about testing yourself and examining yourself whether you are in the faith. Now, we know that if we're going to be in the faith, we're going to have to then examine ourselves that we're not practicing those things that Paul mentions in these vice lists. But he goes on to talk about faith in Christ in Acts chapter 24, verse 24. And he's talking to Felix with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, verse 24. And he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And now Paul, verse 25, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Many translations say he was afraid. He was in terror. I mean, it just blew him away. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit got him in and, and just made him shake and tremble in his shoes, if he had shoes. And he said, go away for now. For I, when I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. I mean, it freaked him out <laughs> when he heard about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Because that's what the convicting power of the Holy Spirit will do. And this word conviction, as in John chapter 16, where the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment, is the same word that we find in a number of scriptures, and we were looking at this in the uh, last podcast because it's extremely important that we get this. And I'm not going to go back and look at this, but if you remember Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, 2 Timothy 4, 2, it talks about preach the word, and then it says convict and convince and rebuke. And this is what this word means. The word convict means to expose, reprove, rebuke, uh, reprehend severely. And this is what Paul was doing there before Felix and Drusilla as he spoke to them a faith in Christ concerning righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. Now, this is this this reads almost identical to John 16, 8 and what the Spirit of the Lord will come to do when he convinces and convicts and rebukes and exposes. As I told you, Thayer's Greek-English Dictionary adds that this word means to reprehend severely and correct and call to account and show one his fault. It shook this governor up. And I also told you about where this word is used in Revelation 3 and verse 19 when Jesus is rebuking the church, one of the churches. And actually, Jesus calls out of seven churches... 
he calls five of them to repent. And this is one of these cases. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19. Jesus says, As many as I love, and now here's the word, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. So love will expose and reprove and rebuke and sometimes severely reprehend you and correct you and call you to account and show you your fault. And this is what Jesus was doing. And as I told you, this is speaking the truth in love. And sometimes love will get right in your face and tell you to repent. Amen. Especially if it's done in the right spirit. We talked about that. If you're not doing it, you know, to get back at somebody or because of revenge or because you're hurt or you're trying to prove you're right, but you're doing it because you're led by the Spirit and you're doing it for the benefit. You're not doing it because you're seeking your own. You're not seeking your own. You're doing it for the benefit of those that are hearing you. Let's go back and look at this. Let's see what Paul was preaching, what he called or what the Scripture called the faith in Christ. Remember the three things he mentioned? Righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. Let's talk about the first one, righteousness. Oh boy, this is a big subject, and I don't have time to get into all of it, but I want to give you some highlights of this, because yes, righteousness is a gift when you first come to Jesus, and all your past sins are washed away. And you can read this in Romans chapter 3, look at it in verse 25. I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but I, I am going to refer to, to a number of them. You can jot them down. Go back and look at them. Romans chapter 3, verse 25, talking about Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth as a propitiation in His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. In His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So he's talking about passing over the sins that were previously committed. And if you go back here to verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on into this verse 25. Now, chapter 5, verse 17 talks about this righteousness which is God passing over the sins that you previously committed and giving you a place before Him in purity because of what Jesus did. Now, that's important that you get that. Verse 17 talks about the free gift. Now, verse 15 calls it a free gift, and it's talking about this righteousness. The gift by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. Let's go here to verse 17. Now, that's 15, but verse 17, for if by one man's offense... Death, death reigned through one, through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Christ Jesus. Now it's important that you understand that all of this is in Christ. You can't have any of this if you step out of Him because of sin and unrighteousness. And we'll look at this a little more in a minute. But most Christians are only aware of the grace of this gift of righteousness bestowed as, you know, when you confess Jesus as Lord of your life. That's as far as their understanding has gone. They don't understand that this gift is found only in Jesus and only in His blood. If you step out of those boundaries of His blood and of Christ Jesus, then you've stepped out of His righteousness. It's only in Him. 
Many have the idea that this gift means that you are righteous, no matter how, how much you sin. They don't understand that righteousness, as a gift of God's grace in Christ, can be interrupted in your life by sin and the practice of sin. Now, I know this kind of goes contrary to a lot of uh, evangelical thinking and a lot of the thinking that I was brought up in, but I can't help. I, I have to accept what the Scripture said, not what so-and-so said or what so-and-so taught. And if you read this in the Word, let's go to First John chapter 1, verse 9, a Scripture I use often. It's a marvelous gift. It says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why would you need cleansing from all unrighteousness if righteousness was unaffected by your sin? No, the truth is that righteousness is affected by your sin. And if you stay in your sin and don't confess your sin, then your righteous, righteousness gift has been affected. And you need to confess your sins so that you're forgiven, and you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. I'm, and I'm going to get back into this on the next podcast. We're going to talk about righteous living, because this is the side of righteousness that most Christians know little about or have not been taught much about. They think they're once righteous, always righteous, and it makes no matter what you do, how much you sin, you're always righteous. Well, that's not true. And we'll see that in the Bible, in the Scripture, over and over again. And then you're going to have to decide if you're either going to believe the Bible or you're going to believe a bunch of nonsense that's being preached out there that's not the Bible. We need to straighten up our thinking according to God's Word. Amen. And we'll talk about that on the next broadcast. Amen.